sink. We're we're a little rusty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> welcome back to Two Dudes Talking Motorcycles. Uh, I am Gleb, one of the dudes, and you can find me on Instagram at Gleb Lapham. Uh, I am Mitch. You can find me on Instagram at uh, Meach Two D Beach, and then our podcast site, our page, <laughs> is a uh, TDT Motorcycles put podcast right or is it just nope. mo- yeah. just at tdt motorcycles TDT motorcycles there we yep. go and you can always email us your comments suggestions feedback <laughs> ride stories uh if you bought a new bike let us know and you can always email us at tdt motorcycles at gmail.com so welcome back we uh kind of had a slow month last month and i uh, only put out one episode just because i was traveling at the end of august uh you were traveling at the end of september and we kind of just uh the month just kind of got away from us, but we're back and with some big news yeah. because today our main topic is going to be about the new, the newly announced R1300GS from BMW. And I've been really looking forward to talk about this bike because uh, this, this announcement has been rumored for a while and BMW finally revealed the new GS I mean- and yeah, another way you can put it is like you 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 ride a Triumph, but you're having an affair with an emotional affair with BMW. A little bit, and okay. the reason for that is because like BMW, or at least the GS, is kind of almost like the OG um, adventure bike, and I always thought it looked iconic. And you always like you see it everywhere. You see it uh, pretty much any globe trotter out there mm-hmm. on a motorcycle. Like you see the GS pretty much everywhere because it's such a rugged machine that can go pretty much, pretty much anywhere. Also, and it's basically very popular. mechanized a cow. So yeah, yeah like, and it's massive. Like it's, it, it's, it's a, it's an awesome bike and, yeah. uh, it's been kind of due for a, um, a power bump and a weight reduction mm-hmm. and stuff to kind of bring it more in line with the competition and it's finally here so yeah. today that's what we're going to talk about but before we jump into that mitch had a little bit of news to yeah. share about a uh scrambler triumph scrambler update yeah so uh triumph has announced the 2024 lineup for the triumph 1200 scramblers um so 2023 will be the last looks like so far the last year that you'll be able to get the xc because now they're moving to the Scrambler 1200X. It's um, got a lower seat height, so they're trying to make something a little bit more approachable. They've swapped out the suspension um, for uh, Marzocchi suspension systems um, for the X from there. I believe they, they, they've done some some changes to the engine tuning, so it hasn't really done anything for like um, you know performance, like you, I, I don't, from what I'm reading, you're not going to see any big differences. Um, so that's just we just wanted to give that as a short little piece of news is that there is going to be a more height appro- uh, approachable uh, uh basic scrambler or 1200 yeah, yeah 1200 yeah so and then the um, xc is pretty much staying pretty similar, much they're, but they're, minus the, the suspension yeah the right? suspension is no longer going to be showa olens i think it's um Marzacci. yeah marzachi like uh, all around okay um yeah and led indicators a new headlight new a tail light so okay yeah I awesome mean, triumphs updating they're one of their existing lines so yeah excellent there's your news yeah there's our little bit of news because we're going to jump into the bigger news and that is the gs and before i jump into talking about the bike 
I just kind of wanted to touch or talk about why it's an iconic bike. And I mentioned earlier that this bike, uh, if you go on Instagram, if you go on YouTube and you type in like world tour, motorcycle tour and stuff, you'll see the GS everywhere, even though it's not the most, um, it's not the lightest bike. It's not the fastest bike. It is not the most approachable bike in price and weight and everything like that. But it's still popular. It's still the number one selling adventure bike, heavyweight, at least heavyweight adventure bike out there. Maybe overall adventure bike, but I'm not 100% sure on that. But I feel like yeah. it's probably up there still. I would guess it's more, you're probably looking at the more like midweight. Um, it's probably like the the midweight bikes are probably there. Like the like the world, like <coughs> at least America's like top selling bikes. The, this is BMW's best selling bike. Oh, is that okay? Yeah. yeah. Okay. The, the GS I thought you meant like just in general. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I didn't mean, I kind of meant both. Okay. I just know in BMW, yeah. this is like one of their best-selling bikes. Yeah. And the overall adventure bike category everywhere is the top-selling category of motorcycles. Yeah. Because they're they're like the SUV of motorcycles. <laughs> they can go off-road, they can go on-road, and they can do it very comfortably, especially yeah. the GS. In our area, I mean, I think, I'm pretty sure I see GSs just as much as, as Harleys. So, oh, yeah. 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 GSs are everywhere. And we have like giant groups of people riding them yeah. <laughs> up in the mountains. Um, and yeah. So back to the topic is that the GS is, is just an iconic bike. And the whole GS line basically is what started the whole um, kind of adventure genre of motorcycles. The original GS came out 43 years ago, or I think 44 years ago at this point, and it was called the R80G-S, and the GS stands for uh, Galande slash Straza, which is German for like off-road, on-road, or off-road slash street, um, which kind of basically sets that bike up for what it has been known to do, Yeah, um, is tackle both on-road comfortably ride off-road comfortably and people take these things around the world it's it's crazy it's a it's a it's a very like special machine that basically spawned a whole separate genre of motorcycles that we now have today yeah and uh throughout the year so that that was in 1943 so that was uh back in the 1980s when the first one came out it was kind of a basic bike uh but it did have kind of beefed up suspension. It still had the drive shaft, the boxer engine too. And it was advertised it could tackle being on and off-road. But before it was even released to the public, it was actually developed by uh, the engineers that developed the prototype. They basically just did it without like an authorization or an order or anything like that. It was just something they were kind of like messing with. It's like they were adventurers. Yeah. And they just decided to like, oh, hey, why don't we just make this like heavyweight dual sport bike uh that can kind of go anywhere it and yeah then they present the prototype and you know they decided to put it in production so finally um went into production and basically yeah the management liked it and within 21 months after the prototype they presented the bike to the public um so it's the first large-scale dual sport they had dual sports before that but nothing as my bad uh (laughs) nothing as big Mm -hmm. the engine size like the bigger engine size and everything like that and at first it was basically like r80 was like in the 800 cc range 8 to 900 cc range uh in 1994 they update they bumped that up to or sorry not 1994 uh, a few years later they bumped that up to the r100 gs which had uh 
closer to a 1000 cc engine and then they kept the 80 around as kind of like the lower end model hmm. um that the monolever rear suspension so the single shock uh single-sided swing arm and a lot of those features they still carry over to this day on that bike in 94 they had the 11 r 1100 gs which uh was the first enduro bike with a four valve engine and uh it kind of offered more capacity <coughs> um more like fuel capacity and everything like that basically more adventure ready hmm. uh sooner they added the f800 gs and f8 650 gs to kind of bring up the or offer uh smaller gs bikes but the big the big gs has basically remained very similar for all these years and very kind of held up the same kind of um look and aesthetic and capability throughout the years and they just slowly improved upon the last generation by adding you know in the later years like in the 2000s they added like abs then they added electronic suspension and they added like led lights and all of that kind of stuff with, kept it up with the times yeah basically yeah. kept it up with the times to make it still like the ultimate the ultimate adventure bike um introduced things like riding modes the tft and all of that kind of stuff eventually it did become water cooled uh and to this day it still remains kind of that water slash liquid cooled yeah um mix and match and one of the most iconic things is we've talked about this before is long way round. um mm-hmm. so this is kind of like the show that helped propel the popularity of this bike by a large amount because uh, for those of you that are familiar, this is like 2005 in the first one, yeah, somewhere around there, yeah. So Evan McGregor, Obi Wan himself, and Charlie <laughs> Charlie Borman, they rode their motors. The uh, I think it was the R1100 or 1150 at the time, yeah, I think uh, GS across basically around the world, and um, at first they approached KTM to do that, and the KTM <laughs> did not want to provide them any press bikes. Uh, but BMW stepped up and provided them three: two for the uh, for Evan McGregor, one for uh, and Charlie Borman, and then one more for their camera, uh, the camera person. Mm. And they basically took these bikes around the world, and that helped propel the popularity of that bike as this like globe trotting machine. And they did it pretty much without any major breakdowns that were caused by just like normal wear and tear. Yeah. Uh, the biggest thing they had is the cameraman. He took a pretty hard fall and it broke uh, the frame of the bike, which kind of messed it up for the rest of the journey. Turns out you kind of need that to ride up. Yeah. Your, yeah. your motorcycle kind of needs a frame. So that that series basically kind of helped propel the popularity of the BMW, the the R, the the GS series of BMW bikes, and it's kind of cemented its. Um, reputation and its mm-hmm. place is like the globe trotting bike um and so that brings us to the new one the r1300 gs and uh do, do you want me to continue or do you want to talk about some of the um yeah i can kind of mention some of it just like some of the things that i was noticing going through uh like all our lists here in our notes um the thing that, that stands out to me is the weight reduction oh um, yeah like that, that to me like that's like out of reading everything here, it's like, whoa, really? They managed to cut out 26 pounds, which, you know, that, you know, that's going to make a difference. Oh, so, yeah. So especially th- at that height that the yeah, bike sits, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So not only did they manage to shave off whopping 26 pounds off a bike, bringing it into the mid 500s range, which is pretty impressive. And that brings it in line with like the Triumph Tiger mm-hmm. 1200. 
Uh, it's still a little bit heavier than the Multistrada, but that's a whole other... It's its own thing. It's its own thing. <laughs> um, and they bumped up the power. So now it's up to 145 horsepower and 110 mm-hmm. pound-feet of torque, which is about a 10-ish horsepower bump from the last uh, model and about yeah. like a 10 uh, torque bump from mm-hmm. the last model as well. So you got less weight, more power, and that should help it kind of uh perform much better on and off road yeah well, and a big chunk of that weight reduction too is in the engine itself yeah like it, yeah the engine is smaller than last one uh, but i mean the the cc's is you're you're getting a 1300 an exactly 1300 cc engine but they've they've managed to like bring the size in i think and yeah. then they they've placed the gearbox underneath and they have like a new camshaft uh, on there as well too yeah. so it's so it's a lot of just like space management and, and able Pretty to, much. to re, yeah bring that down and reduce it so it's really a really cool like engineering design yeah or so yeah, feet <laughs> yeah they uh yeah basically like it made the engine not necessarily smaller capacity wise mm. but it made it more compact yes compact like fit in That's a smaller the space yeah and that helped a reduce uh reduce the weight of the engine by eight pounds on the engine alone mm-hmm. which is crazy and two, it uh, further helped lower the center of gravity because now it kind of sits more aligned. Yeah. And these boxer engines that GSs have, they already have a very low center of gravity. We rode one, the R1250, a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. And I remember maneuvering that thing around the parking lot. Yeah, we've mentioned it on, on here yeah. before a few times. Actually, we're just like, like this, like it does not feel like a big bike. No, like, as soon as you it, get it it's, moving, yeah, it's scary approaching it, especially yeah. when we're new riders. But then, yep. like, you get on it, you get it moving, you're like, oh, this thing's actually really nice. It's really, you go nimble. through some like uh, slow speed maneuvers, and you're just like, this, I shouldn't be doing this, but it's doing it. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's intimidating and heavy at first when you're like lifting it off the kickstand because you can feel that weight. Yeah. But once it's going, it's it's like gone. Physics, that weight dis- disappears <laughs> and it is a very stable bike and it's also super comfortable. Yeah. I remember seat. sitting in that seat and I'm just like, my God, I can see why people will ride this for hours. Yeah. Nonstop. No, yeah. Physics is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> you um, can just get that thing moving and yeah, gravity takes care of the rest. Yep. It's pretty much... Uh, pretty much good to go mm-hmm. uh it does have a five gallon fuel tank which i think mm-hmm. is a sounds a little bit low for an adventure bike yeah and they haven't announced anything about it, like the adventure trim like they had for the previous model which has like the extended fuel tank and all that stuff i wonder if that'd be like a mid uh mid-year uh, yeah i'm thinking i'm thinking that as well but it's kind of interesting because with the when they updated to the R twelve fifty, they announced both at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of curious about where so when, when the adventure is going to come in. Yeah, because I feel like because well, uh, what the the adventure tank on the R twelve fifty that was it's seven gallons. Yeah, so it's yeah it's massive, <laughs> and I think that is kind of cool that it's like if they bring that in because that mm-hmm. will kind of put it in line with. Uh, the Triumph, the Tiger, twelve hundred. Yeah, the Tiger twelve hundred, the Explorer. Oh yeah, edition. Rally Explorer, Rally yeah. Explorer, because those have like a six point five something gallon fuel tank. Yeah, it's six point one, yeah. not so quite seven, but yeah. yeah. So it's a massive fuel tank, and I'm kind of surprised that they didn't have an adventure trim come out with this. But maybe they have something else planned for it. Yeah. Uh, further weight reduction comes from um, uh, the chassis. Mm-hmm being lighter um like the overall frame the rear subframe is now aluminum 
so it's uh so it feels much lighter and it's also more rigid so it's supposed to be much better off-road and have a lot more like feedback and response and just overall better handling and it should go without saying that the like uh, because of like the new engine gearbox and everything it's like that that chassis is also lighter because they redesigned it as well they didn't just like swap out material it's a whole new chassis oh yeah it's a whole new chassis and uh yeah that's a lot of the weight comes from there but overall basically between the engine and the the transmission and the new camshafts and everything like that the drivetrain alone was reduced by 14.3 pounds so that's a crazy, crazy amount of yeah. weight in just the drivetrain alone. And then the rest of the weight reduction comes from the chassis and all that stuff. All that stuff in between. Um, and well, like they, I said, better better center of gravity mm-hmm. and stuff uh, because of the new the newly designed engine. Yeah, yeah so that so that's going to play a lot into your power to weight ratio, reducing oh, yeah. 26 pounds on there. Um, you know, and with the new engine design, I was reading in here too, is that they were able to uh, get a better... Uh, air and fuel mixture um their their ratio on there was a like it's more effective yeah yeah oh and also with like they they changed the uh the valve timing okay yeah yeah so so it's it's more efficient well it's it's getting a better air it's getting a better mixture but the fuel capacity or the uh fuel consumption that's the one the fuel consumption is like they've, they've managed to keep that the same which is it's pretty awesome that yeah you know it goes up in in size but i feel like that weight reduction also helped kind of mm-hmm. even even it out so it's still math consumes, yeah math <laughs> it's crazy um and the one and it's a liquid there was a before it was released there was rumors out that um it was going to be a purely air-cooled engine, mm-hmm. but it's still a mix of both <laughs> air and liquid-cooled. Or, sorry. Yeah, before the new one, it was going to be fully liquid-cooled. I think I said air-cooled. Um, oh, yeah. You, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. So, before it came out, there was rumors that it was going to be a fully liquid-cooled engine. However, it's not. It's still a mix of air and liquid-cooled, um, just like the predecessor. But I think it's more streamlined-looking and mm-hmm. stuff. But uh, I mean, those cylinders stick out far enough yeah. that I feel like air cooling is just going to be naturally, naturally there, regardless. Well, yeah, you, well you talk to uh, like a um, an R nineteen rider; they'll tell you that all air cooled cylinders. I mean, your feet are baking. Oh yeah, yeah. I bet. <laughs> and uh, and I think it's kind of cool that basically the same engine setup, this Boxer twin with a drive shaft, has mm-hmm. been around basically all of BMW's motorcycling history. Yeah, like their original engine was that similar configuration yep um if it works if it works like <laughs> if it ain't broke don't fix it right, right or whatever, yeah. however this saying goes mm-hmm. um so moving on from the engine and drivetrain let's talk a little bit about the electronics and basically uh it's got four riding or new riding modes on the standard you get four riding modes rain road eco and enduro which is like their off-road yeah mode and mm. the enduro mode is kind of similar to what we have like our off-road modes on our bikes yeah as shuts off the rear abs it uh allows for more wheel slip the traction control is less less aggressive and all of that stuff and then eco mode is something we don't have but basically that cuts the throttle response kind of makes the engine run more efficiently so if you want to squeeze out as many miles as you can out of your fuel tank that's where the eco mode kind of comes into play. Hmm. Yeah. And then uh, 
Further for writing modes, they do have optional modes uh, that you can get part of the package upgrade. Oh, right. And that is their Dynamic and Dynamic Pro and Enduro Pro. And basically all of those is... Dynamic is kind of like the more sport mode. And Dynamic Pro and Enduro Pro, they uh, allow further user customization on how to um, basically... How much engine braking you want, how much traction control, how much ABS, and kind of all of those things. And kind of allow the user to... Uh, tailor them to how they how they like to use the bike yeah um and then with those riding modes so the uh, is it a, uh, do, do you know because I, like I said you you know more about the gs's and bmw than i do um are those packages you have to like that's not subscription as we we joke about all the time no no but it is not <laughs> we uh um so can you buy like each mode individually or do you have to buy like the dynamic and the enduro so i think the the riding modes package is like as a whole mm. so it's like a option like a okay the entire package is as a whole so it's not tiered then you can just no. get the package of okay. but i did think what is cool is that uh on this bike they i mean bmw is kind of known for having like their packages mm-hmm. accessory packages and stuff on their bikes but they actually do have a lot of accessories and options you can get optional equipment that you can get a la carte so you can pick each one individually which i thought was really nice but they still do have um the different packages as well and i'll go over those in a minute um i'm gonna throw a little salt into all the sweetness you're throwing the bike i mean i i I think it's a you know a great package as well but like the one thing we, we we saw reading through the features it has USB charging, and we were joking, mm. like, for this money, you know, you need to... Yeah, it's still a USB-A socket. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, come on. We could have at least put USB-C in there with some, like, faster charging so it can support, like... You know, more... real problems. Yeah, like, more power coming through. And it does have, like, a little phone compartment, which for actually... Charging. Is, and, yeah. yeah. They can keep your phone, which I think is cool, because mm-hmm. it, it's... Uh, it sends air through it so your phone doesn't overheat. Oh, that's cool. In there either, which is, like, yeah. a cool idea, but I'm like... Come on, like USB-C, like even cars are starting to have that. The freaking new Toyotas have USB-C. Yeah. And I'm like, you can put that in there. Basically, Everything's yeah. moving to that. And it's Basically, what like, we're saying is thanks, BMW, for the awesome bike, but what, no USB-C? Yeah. <laughs> and and no Apple CarPlay mm. or Android Auto. And I've been over this several times on this podcast saying, like, you have this 6.5-inch TFT. <laughs> you got plenty of room. But No. No, you no. can't have Apple CarPlay, even though other there's uh, a couple of BMW motorcycles that do have it. Yeah. Uh, the Honda Africa Twin has it. The, the rest of the manufacturers need to catch up. <laughs> the audacity of us who can't afford these bikes. Right? <laughs> talking about, get these features, make it more expensive. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know how like expensive Apple CarPlay would be to add, but if it's wired... Like, if it's wireless, that's even better. But if it's at least wired, because you have that compartment inside where you can keep your phone. Yeah. It'd be the perfect setup <laughs> to put Apple CarPlay on the screen. But I think BMW also, like, sells kind of their Garmin BMW, like, navigation oh, yeah. units. I've, I'm willing to bet there's a lot of business decisions that kind of keep it. Yeah. Keep them from wanting to put that in because they want people to buy their little navigation cradle and then yeah. hook up the GPS to it. But it's all ridiculous because I'm like... You have this giant screen, like we can utilize it for better stuff than just uh 
what what they provide, but well, they want, won't. You want to cosplay like a, a Dakar bike? <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> someone could make an app that looks like the the yeah. rally directions and put it on an Apple CarPlay screen. <laughs> I think that would be awesome. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you for bringing that up because like a USB A socket when USB C is basically becoming the norm everywhere else. And well, a cool concept of having the little phone uh cradle in there to keep your phone i think it's a really missed opportunity to kind of add that little bit of extra convenience you know, honestly and, i bet it was just like one of those simple oversights it's like for timing of design and just like it, like, it could be yeah. i feel like uh money and business decision probably has something to do with it too it could, yeah um because it, they already have it on i think the k1600 so i don't see why they can't add oh, yeah. apple carplay to the gs and um because the GS think, is supposed to be out where you can't get cell service. Yeah, and even then, like, and and that's a fair point. You yeah. can still get like regular GPS, and it's not, and it's not like it's forcing you I mean, to use yeah. Apple CarPlay. I think it's just it'd be nice to have the option mm, yeah. to do it, especially with having you like would, a USB socket. Yeah, you would need Apple Maps to find a Starbucks on your GS. You would. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then further in the electronics, they do have the new headlight. Yeah, I was about to bring that up. Mm-hmm. So. And I do have a picture of the bike here that I forgot to pull uh, up for those who are watching. We're but really f- bad at that. We are we are kind of bad at that. Um, but the new headlight, and let me see if I can find a good picture. Okay, I for, apparently I forgot. Here, flip, yeah. the, flip that around and show the audience. <laughs> Audio listeners, too bad. It's an X. Yeah, it's an X. It's an X. So for those of you that are listening, it's kind of like an X shape with a round, squarish round LED mm-hmm. uh, bulb directly in the middle. And I'm not the biggest fan. I don't know. It, it kind of looks okay. I don't think it looks terrible, but it doesn't look iconic. Like, if you pull up one of the pictures, I know we can't really see the uh, the light, like all, the headlight all too well in any of these Um what what does it for me is I, I wouldn't say that it looks bad. Like it looks like a really nice, well put together mm-hmm. bike. But what does it for me is like that um, that GS headlight was like you know yeah I even remember in some of like their like year or two ago when they were doing a press announcement for the new refresh. Yeah, they just did an outline as the opener graphic, opening graphic and of you, the you headlight shape. Yeah, and you knew, you knew. Mm-hmm. Yep. And now it's this, and so it's just like if I mean one of the pictures we were reviewing. If I'm passing somebody on a road and I see that headlight design come up, it's like I'm not like I'm not gonna know. It it, it just kind of blends. Yeah, you know. I think if they keep going with this design, you'll kind of get used to it after a while. Sure, like it doesn't look bad. Yeah, I don't think it's bad, but it, it to me who you know, it's like, oh wow, GS. You mm-hmm. know, I can be out with you know, I can be out with some friends or somebody and just point and be like, oh look, that that's a that's a BMW. Yep, exactly. You know? And I just feel like it's kind of missing that iconic look mm, that yeah. the GS has, and basically had its entire life. It's except for like the very early models. But even it's kind then, of always, they were they were asymmetrical lights. Yeah, it kind of always had this kind of like weird like mm-hmm. like big headlight and then like small running light and stuff on the side of it. And I always thought it looked it's cool. cool. It was square. Yeah. It was blocky. It looked rugged. Uh, I really like that. So I'm I'm a little bummed that they redesigned it, but I'm glad it doesn't look like boring or terrible it, it's not the trans alp it's not the trans alp <laughs> um but on the bright side of this headlight it is like you're saying the new matrix um matrix led yeah matrix yeah. led i didn't know what that was you you explained it and to me basically so, what the matrix led and a lot of cars are getting this is it kind of can 
like shine on different spots mm. so if you have like a car coming up or if you're coming up behind the car it can kind of like dim one specific area of the light but yeah. still keep the light shining um so that's standard but then if you upgrade to the headlight pro uh it also does like corner lighting and it actually oh, okay. auto levels itself so if you're braking mm. if you're going over bumps the light will stay facing forward which the older gs had as well the whole light like moved that, basically yeah. which i think is a pretty cool That's feature cool. yeah uh design wise one of the things i do like is uh and you can see on the picture here is that they kept the beak yeah over there and i think that's a very good look for any adventure bike yeah, it kind throw, of, throw back to episode one with the transalp that's how you do a beak yeah and <laughs> like, you need a big the transalp just kind of looks like a stub nose yeah it's like a voldemort just nose yeah. cut off <laughs> yeah no so bmw they they, they got that you know uh, forum going at least yep. they, they did keep a really nice beak but it's just yeah it just blends the headlight just doesn't i don't know it just doesn't do it for me it'll probably grow on i feel like it'll grow on me but at, at the start it's kind of just not looking I, how i, I imagined know. it would yeah um other electronics include uh there's optional active cruise control so mm. it'll match the speed of the car in front of you uh, front collision warning will slow itself down, which I think is kind of cool having the bike and blind spot monitoring, which the uh, yeah. both the Tiger 1200 and the new Multistrada both have, which yep. I think is interesting. It's just uh, like we talked about, you know, features and tech. It's yep. just coming in. It's, it's just for good it for just, safety. It trickles down. Yeah. And watch soon that blind spot monitoring and all those features will eventually trickle down to lower and lower mm-hmm. tier bikes. Uh, does have an optional heated seat for both passenger and rider and the other yeah, the competition has as well yep, yep. Uh, and it's got a new sos button which i thought was interesting oh same with the new uh f900 gs I'm, i missed that part um so it's basically kind of like i'm not sure exactly how it works i think but i'm guessing it's similar to like on star you get on cars so if you're in a wreck or a crash you can kind of just hit that button and automatically start contacting yeah. the necessary like people and i'm not sure if oh, yeah, i don't right think there. it's available in all countries and stuff so i'm not 100 percent sure on that yeah um but that's the electronics and then uh next we can talk about we already talked about the engine mm-hmm. and the drivetrain did we mention so, power output we did right we yeah. did yeah. yeah 145 horsepower uh at 700 uh 7750 rpm yeah. And pound, 110 pound-feet of torque, it's 6,500 RPM. Yeah, which uh, is, a, a, you know, it is it is above what the previous, uh, yeah. what, uh, the, the predecessor is. And what I thought was a really interesting thing, so, and they mentioned this specifically in the press release, is that um, you got more than 96 pound-feet of torque available for anywhere from 3,500 to 7,800 RPM. Peppy. Which is really nice, especially if you are doing off-roading. That mm-hmm. low-range torque really helps kind of keep the bike, keep the momentum going. I know all about low-range torque. At lower speeds. Yeah, you got a lot of torque at like, what, 4,000 RPM? Three. Three, yeah. yeah. Your bike is a tractor. It, it just it is, goes yeah. forward. <laughs> I got that thing up a hill in second gear at like like maybe 2,000 yeah. RPM. I think just... Yeah, it has all its power down low, <laughs> which I love that. It's fun. It's so much fun. And did you want to talk to them about the the suspension and the brakes? Uh, yeah, I can. I got mine up here as well. Um, one thing I was, I guess I can start with like that tele, the new telelever um, system. So that's basically like the mono shock of how it connects yeah. like the forks to the body, um, and the, I guess the handlebar, obviously. Yeah. For those um, of you that are unfamiliar. 
uh, several BMW models use what they call a telelever suspension. And it basically kind of, uh, there's no fork seals to worry about because mm-hmm. it's just all in that giant mono shock in the middle. Yeah. Um, but they kind of redesigned that and kind of made it, made it a little bit better off-road. Yeah, so um, again, we've talked about weight. I think it shaves off like what, four? Yeah, like 3.9 pounds um, but just by switching up the materials yep. that they had used previously from there. Um, so because that is a whole new chassis, um, you know, you're, there's, it's more, it's going to be, uh, more stiff is how they put it. Yeah. Um, rigid, rigid. Or, yeah. yeah, ri- rigid yeah. So, stiff. and what that's going to do for you is that you're going to get a little bit more like better feedback off road. Um, but from what we're reading is that it's, it, you'll still be comfortable on road. Yeah. You, you can still do like long miles, um, from there. And then, um, what else did they do with it? Let's see. One of the big advantages that the telelever has over traditional forks is uh, the fact that it does not have a nosedive, basically, under hard braking. Oh, yeah. Which traditional suspension is difficult, is usually like susceptible to. Um, but in this iteration, they basically made it so... But one of the biggest complaints... So the, 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 the nice thing is that it doesn't have that f- nosedive... Uh, that fork dive like under hard braking, uh, but the drawback is that te- a lot of people say it has less feedback off road. So what they try to do here is kind of balance it out between mm. the two. So the new setup allows for more feedback in the in your handlebars off roading, but also keeps it from diving forward. Yeah, I mean uh, we both ride braking. tall bikes. We know. Oh yeah, my bike. My dip. bike. <laughs> like it lunges forward every time I hit the brakes. <laughs> well, when I when I had to take my bike into the shop for a broken fork seal, that was scary. Just because like you know, riding, oh, like, yeah. I didn't have any way to get it there. So I yeah. was like, well, guess I'm going for a ride. <laughs> so <laughs> and just having like the the yeah, like it was crazy. It's kind of a nice benefit to kind of not worry about mm-hmm. that. Yeah, on the GS but with uh, the tail lever. Oh, sorry, I'll, I'll let you finish what you're saying. Oh, I was gonna say that's one. Basically, that's one of the benefits is like. Uh, you don't have to worry about the uh, um, the leaks or the fork leaks yeah. and things like that. And you have a drive shaft, so you don't have to worry about chain maintenance. That's kind of one of the other reasons why this bike is so popular uh, for long distance trips. <laughs> you just made me depressed. I need to clean my chain. I know, me too. I haven't cleaned mine in so long. I I, <laughs> I cleaned mine more recent than you, I think. But because of our ride to Bear Lake. Uh, I haven't cleaned it since. Then. I haven't cleaned it since. So I'm just like, yeah. oh, damn it. <laughs> I know. I need to clean mine yeah. too. Um, but, but back to the telelever, like, like mm-hmm. I was saying, is like with the different options that you have, you do have options for like automatic like adjustments, like by your rider mode. They have height adjustment as well. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's new. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's kind of like what the um, uh, the, heart, the Pan America has. Pan America, the Triumph added it now too. Oh yeah, yeah, twenty twenty three or twenty twenty four model year. Yeah, next year. Um, and then Ducati does it as well, I believe. So basically, all of the big adventure bikes minus the Honda now have actually no, the new Honda does it. Adventure Sport. Uh, they announced that really? too. Yeah. Huh. So basically, all of them when you come to a stop, they kind of lower themselves down so you have a little bit more. Uh, um, so you can basically plant your feet down yeah. on the ground easier. Well, we talked about kinda it because cool. we we had us a little bit on the on the Pan America. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah addressing so yeah and it's a cool idea so no i um, think it's really cool yeah if you're height challenged yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and then the rest of the suspension is uh basically 
It comes with adjustable suspension out of the box, but you can also upgrade to the electronic suspension. Yeah. Uh, which works with the different riding modes and things like that as well. Yeah. No, it's um. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Yeah. So I was also reading on there like with the braking, um, they have eight new designed um discs and calipers. Yeah, I think the um I don't know if they're newly designed, but no, they, they're new. Yeah, new to the series. New, uh, yeah, that that's it. New to the series. Yeah, yeah. like Our, uh, calipers and discs, so they're supposed to provide you more stopping power and just be mm-hmm. better overall. And they still have their linked braking, so if you um pull the pull the brake lever, the front brake lever, it also activates the rear brake as well without having you to push both. Uh, yeah. But if you switch the riding modes, like if you put it in enduro, that turns that feature off, so uh, you can let the back wheel slide without affecting the front and vice versa and things like that yeah which helps uh helps a lot in off-road situations and things like that um it also does have a uh three wheel options so it's got cast aluminum wheels oh (laughs) seriously like it's a motorcycle it can't have three wheels (laughs) no 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 it's not a harley (laughs) it's not a trike it's not a trike (laughs) uh no it's got three different wheel types you can get for the bike um so cast aluminum that's kind of cast aluminum for your more touring setup and highway touring uh cross spoke cross spoke wheels and then the new one which was interesting is the enduro forged wheels which i'm actually not quite sure what that means they didn't really explain it very well no but apparently they weigh 3.9 pounds less than the spoked wheels so it's kind of like even further weight reduction if you decide to get that. Yeah. Uh, which I think is kind of interesting. I'm kind of curious to see how and what they do or how they look. Uh, I didn't really specify in their press release which one is which. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not sure there. But yeah, overall, just big improvements in handling and stability on the suspension, which I think will help out a lot both on and um, on and off-road. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, moving on, we have the trims they have the basic triple black GS trophy and then the Tremontana. Tremontana. Basically all of those, they, they have some like additional equipment compared to the base and then you get different colors and things like that, which is pretty par for the course for BMW. Yeah. And then, uh, for standard equipment, uh, it, and this, they specifically mentioned this in the press release, which I thought was interesting. It includes break-in service oh, in the nice. price, which I'm like, okay. That's like two, 300 bucks. Yeah, depending on where you go. Yeah. Uh, it does have heated grips. It has your favorite keyless ride on across the entire trim. I, You know, I haven't ridden... Well, did, did, there, did the BMW we rode, was that keyless? I don't remember. I think it might have been. I can't remember. It might have been. I, I don't know. I, I have keyless. Um, I hate it. Like, I love my bike. The Scrambler is amazing. I'm going to continue to whine about this. And yeah, <laughs> like probably until the end of days. But hopefully on on the GS, it's a little bit. Maybe yeah. hopefully it's like a better system, at least. I hope it is. Or I hope it like stays connected between the two much better than, uh, you know, and like, then it does on the year, Triumphs. This year. Honestly, this year it hasn't been that bad because I finally managed to change the battery. Okay, that's good. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, you know, if I 
if I go out and I start my bike and uh, I have it in neutral, it's like, oh, I forgot something. I run run back inside. Yeah. Then like I come out and then there's like the error message. Oh, key not in range. And so then I have like the little. It? I don't have to restart it because oh. it'll it'll stay on. Okay. Um, but it'll still have like the little like warning light for the key. Oh. It's like it's like that's out of it's range. Like, it's literally in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it does come with the tire pressure monitoring system, mm. dynamic traction control. So Is that can... on the base? Yeah, that's standard. Wow. That's standard equipment. Um, dynamic traction control, so you can turn off your traction control if you need to. Uh, engine drag, uh, basically like engine braking adjustment, mm-hmm. so you can adjust the how much engine brake it will do. Uh, dynamic brake assist, uh, which is their dual link braking. Uh, hill hold, which is so pretty neat. What is that? Because, again, I don't know. <laughs> the link braking? No, no, no. Or the brake? Uh, hill hold. Oh, so if you're on the hill and you switch into uh, first gear and let go of the clutch, it'll basically hold the bike, mm. uh, apply the brakes automatically so you can so you don't have to do it yourself. Kind of oh. like a lot of car, uh, some manual cars have it. Okay. Where uh, so it basically prevents it from rolling backwards on the hill if you're starting out. Hmm. Um, it's I think it's for like a brief second and kind of just gives you a little bit That's of a interesting a little a little help to kind of get you going. Yeah. Uh, cruise control. Uh, which I feel like should be standard on any adventure bike at this point. Yeah, that shouldn't even be like a. Yeah. It's like oh, plus you get this. That's just like it. It's it, there. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, matrix LED headlight, <laughs> four ride modes, USB so- A socket, and then the emergency call bucket button. You almost said USB C, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I almost did because <laughs> it needs to be USB C. It just makes sense for everything to be that. At this point in time, yeah. Well, how fancy everything is too. Like, yeah. On, the, on these, the look BMW. at that. Apple got into USB C. BMW can do it too. They already <laughs> did. They just didn't put on this bike. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, they're gonna add it as a subscription service. <laughs> um, and then the optional equipment. You got the premium package, comfort package, and enduro package. Kind of self-explanatory, but with the premium package, you do get the Headlight Pro. So it's the auto leveling cornering headlight that kind of moves itself around you get the dynamic suspension so electronic suspension you get the quick shifter mm-hmm. which is nice and you get That's the cool. pro riding modes and you get the nav prep which is going to be my conspiracy for why they didn't put apple carplay in there mm-hmm. and you also get the uh luggage racks included That's, not the luggage yeah. just the racks yeah uh comfort <laughs> well, package you know, the first thing you want to do after you buy a 20 something thousand dollar bike is spend, spend another 1500 on, yep, on your luggage exactly <laughs> um and then uh, comfort package, it includes the electronically adjustable windshield. So moves up and down electronically. Yep. Center stand, which I think should be standard on an adventure bike. Honestly. I think center stands should be standard on I think almost be, most bikes. I th- yeah, I was gonna, they should be standard yeah, on If it has much. a chain, it needs a center stand. Maybe, except uh, dirt bikes, you can get those little stools. Yeah. But, like, but if it's, yeah, I, oh, man. Uh, if you don't have, sorry, I'm really sorry, but no, I was like, if you don't have a center stand, like it, it's a game changer. It makes everything so much easier because, yeah, when I got my center stand, it made uh, oil changes or oil changes. It made the uh, I mean chain. oil changes too, but like the yeah. chain maintenance go from like you know 15 to 20 minutes of rolling it up and down my driveway <laughs> to I don't know about five minutes of just spinning the wheel and just spraying it down and calling yeah. it good it's so much easier um and then for the enduro package it has a handlebar riser to make it a little easier for standing riding standing up uh crash bars for in, for the engine um some 
a sump guard. Uh, it's actually got short levers for the brake mm. and the clutch, so uh, it kind of helps because off-roading, you're most likely using like the two yeah. fingers, so you always have more control. I've over actually that. thought about wanting to switch yeah. out my, my hands. I thought about that too. too. Yeah, mm. just kind of, I don't know, might make it look cooler as well. Yeah. Um, adjustable footrests, exhaust mount for... Uh, uh, put exhaust mount for a single seat. I actually don't remember what I meant by that, so we're just gonna ignore that. What, what is it? Exhaust mount for single seat. Um, hmm. okay. I don't know why I wrote that, and I can't remember what I was talking about. So <laughs> scratch that. Adjustable uh shift and rear brake levers, frame guards, and then turn signal stocks. And the reason that is in the Enduro package is the. The non-enduro models, they basically have the turn signals are integrated into the hand, the hand guards, which I was like, okay, that's cool. But if you drop it off road and that hand guard breaks, you can be spending a lot of money trying to fix that. And then I saw that they do have turn signal stocks on the enduro package. So Hmm. I'm like, okay, that's good. Because if you're taking it off road, you probably don't want those things to break uh, or to pay a lot of money to replace your your hand guards. Yeah. And I think most people would probably still stick like bark busters or something a little bit stronger. Yeah. On there. Um, yeah. And then, uh, and then they just goes into individual options, which include like, you can get heated seats separately. You can get the sport, uh, you can get sport suspension, which is like the opposite of off road. So a bit stiffer. Uh, did you have the Krapovich, uh, uh, course. exhaust of course you can get optional another which thing much, you yep. want to do after spending twenty thousand dollars exactly fifteen hundred on luggage is those are uh, two thousand on, on an apro those uh <laughs> enduro forged wheels <laughs> they have uh various handlebar options uh you can get the cross spoke wheels in gold and black everyone should probably get gold because i think it just looks better uh and then different sta- uh different seat heights as well so you have low high and then standard standard height um and then they just have a whole list of different accessories you can get. Uh, anything from just simple kind of cosmetic things where, you know, chrome versus blacked out, like yeah. uh, oil caps and things like that, tank pads. Um, uh, they got tank bags and panniers, obviously, because I don't think you see a GS without panniers on it. <laughs> Fair. Yep. Unless it's on a showroom floor. Uh, that's true. And even then. <laughs> and even then. They're and like, even then. Yeah. Uh, they got the auxiliary lights. So you got more uh, sump guard, frame protectors, uh, radiator, headlight guards, alarm system. A whole plethora of different options and everything like that. Additional power socket. My Triumph has two. I'm just saying. BMW. Come on. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and some of those options do come on those pack trims that I mentioned earlier. Like the trophy comes with uh, the Endura package and radiator guards, spoked wheels. Um, the triple black comes with like the center stand and things like that as well. So yeah, uh, so yeah, so it's a pretty well-rounded package. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's nice because it starts at eighteen thousand nine hundred, which is expensive, but for a GS. Not the not the craziest starting price. Yeah, not too bad. Will you find really. that price in the dealers? I honestly don't know because Probably you know not. dealers love markups yeah. and <laughs> it's going to be a popular bike. So I feel like um, 
And I feel like it's going to be one of those bikes where people are probably going to be more inclined to spend more to kind of get more of the equipment right off the bat yeah. instead of buying stuff separately. So I doubt we'll see any for like that $18,000 price tag. Oh. I'm willing to bet it's going to be in the like 22 to 25 yeah 27,000 or so for for the most part when it hits the shelves but which is pretty comparable to the current and the current generation yeah and do we have a, a release date on this i couldn't we I do not have an uh, actual release date but it's supposed to be hitting dealers in uh february okay. or not february sorry uh winter of 2024 winter of 20 okay yeah so so, so next yeah. winter basically yeah. uh just in a few months here mm-hmm. um and that's pretty much par for the course on their previous release because the r1250 that was released in like january or february uh, and that's when it started being sold in dealers and stuff like that yeah and hopefully we'll try to visit our local uh bmw dealer <laughs> uh when it, when it does hit the shelves or the deal the showroom floor hopefully i'm hoping that they have demos uh if not then we can at least look at it in person and maybe we can make we can we can ask very nicely <laughs> if they'll let us take one out for a ride if they do have a demo. Yeah. Um, which they did before. Oh, so yeah. hopefully for this one they do. And I think BMW and I think a lot of the European motorcyclists, they, a lot they're pretty of, good at providing the demos yeah. to the dealers. Yeah. The only dealership I've been to where it's like, Oh, we don't we don't do demo, we don't have demos was Honda. Yeah. So And um, I remember like was it Honda World? I'll call them out. They were very stingy <laughs> with the test ride when I was shopping for my yeah, were CB. They? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the guy like came with me. He rode like a separate bike. So okay. I had to like follow him and things like that. Mm, yeah. Uh, I didn't invent the buying Which, from them because they never got back to my oh, yeah. phone call. Uh, but then I test rode it like at Young as well. And they were just like, oh, yeah, just you know, take 30 minutes or whatever. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> which has how it should be. Right. Unless it's like a limited time demo. Yeah. No, for uh, sure. But hopefully we'll be able to get our hands on it. Cause I really want to see and try this thing in person and then feel bad that I don't have the money to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> which is why we, uh, you know, let's make this like a, uh, an official press <laughs> source and then we can. Exactly. Yeah, we can and afford them. <laughs> if you want to help us, uh, have more money to, probably not buy a new bike but at least upgrade our equipment and pay for our subscriptions and things like that uh feel free we do have a buy me a coffee mm-hmm. now so feel free to buy us a coffee a beer some fuel <laughs> or just uh give us some chump ch- change for uh so we can start saving some better equipment and that's buy me a coffee slash dot com slash tdt motorcycles and the links are up in our uh, on our instagram yeah and everything like that so um yeah, I set that up. So if you want to help out the podcast, feel free to donate some money to us. And it's, uh, you know, you can tell by the way we're dressed. Um, we're hitting, well, the way, the difference in how we're dressed. Uh, you know, fall is here, unfortunately, um, for riding. So, you know, we're, we're about to see the end of riding season coming up here pretty soon, probably, more likely than not. Yep. Um, you know, so if you need to get some winter gear, we are also RevZella affici- affiliates. And... Uh, now is a good time to actually buy some summer gear as well because a lot of it Ooh, starts clearance. going on sale. Yeah. Yep. You got all the past like 2023, 2022 inventory being cleared out, yeah. making room for the new stuff. So, um, yeah, yep. uh, use our link. Use our affiliate link. It's in the podcast description and in the episode description. So um, it won't save you any money, but it also doesn't cost you anything extra. But it does give us a little bit of uh, it's another way to support us. If a you, little bit of a bump. If you care so to, yeah. if you're already shopping for gear, uh, 
it would be awesome if you yeah. decide to use our link so we can uh get some if you're gonna buy it anyway like, yeah it, if you're gonna buy it, it might help as, us out a ton might as well but, help us out yeah. we would very much appreciate it <laughs> yep so other than that i mean did you have anything else about the uh, bmw um what are your thoughts i'm I, I think it's nice to see like some of like those little like bits and bobs like being updated or staying updated. You know, it's I think that the seat adjustment thing was a, a nice little competition. Yeah. Uh, you know, pushback. <laughs> so I agree. Uh, you know, so just things like that. Like I said, the headlight, it, it's not bad, mm-hmm. but it doesn't like it just doesn't have like the same standout. As, yeah, like the previous I agree. headlight. In but my the opinion. overall design, it's the I think it's still not looks bad. Good. It's not bad. What I think. I like about this though is that it feels like a true um upgrade like a true update mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like a small iteration it doesn't feel like oh you know we just slightly improved over the last one like it's it's got a slight power it's a whole new bike yeah, yeah. it's like it's not like oh we bumped up the engine power and then called it good basically and but no less weight more power uh new features like mm-hmm. new suspension like it is truly it like a, a fully new yeah a new bike well it's like um it's like triumph going from the old 1200 that's exactly to, what to the new say. 1200 yeah, where like it's like with their tiger updates yep, yeah exactly it's it's like a whole new redesigned mm-hmm. uh redesigned bike to bring it in line cool. to the competition yeah and make it perform better off and on road and yeah, props to BMW. I think they pulled it off pretty well. Even no, though, I do, yeah, I do too. The design might not be my favorite. I'm, I'm it's make, just that headlight. Yeah, yeah and I'm gonna make jokes. Obviously, oh yeah, like, we, we joke do. about all the manufacturers. Yeah, really. So, uh, but no, it, I, I I agree with you there. Is that it was a um, um, I, I think I, this is nice to see that we're yeah because i even think in a few episodes ago we even mentioned like what else can you do with adventure bikes at this point? And but apparently, BMW it's pulled this. out. Yeah, yep, it's this and. Seeing that weight reduction is probably one of my oh one hundred percent one of the biggest things that mm-hmm. caught my eye is because twenty six pounds is it twenty six or twenty four twenty six twenty six yeah yeah twenty six pounds is a lot of weight to shave off mm-hmm. um, off a motorcycle yep. I mean it doesn't sound that much because I can lift twenty six pounds and I'm just like you know on on paper or like in your brain like like it's it's twenty six pounds like how much well, could that be but then you think like the thing weighs 540 pounds. Yeah. So it's like, okay. So it weighed almost 560 before that. Like, yeah. So well, that's a crazy I mean, amount. I, I take it back to like when I switched out the stock exhaust on my Honda Rebel, that big giant, you mm-hmm. know, cannon of yeah. exhaust to like that little tiny shorty that I put on there. Yeah. Um, you know, and like, and that was a good, like, I'd say maybe 15 pounds yeah. or so. And even on that little bike, like I, I noticed a difference. Yeah. The so weight, it, yeah, weight it, makes a big difference. And mm-hmm. even if it's a few pounds shaved off, it's still an improvement because it does help the bike. Mm-hmm. It helps a lot with handling. It helps a lot with performance, fuel consumption and everything like that. Well, so, just like walking and you're trying oh, to park. That too, yeah. You know? <laughs> and that's, that's probably the biggest standout feature for me from that bike is the fact that they were able to shave off 26 pounds mm-hmm. while still adding more power and adding, uh, like all the new features and stuff. So yeah, pretty impressive. I'm really excited to see this in person, to see this bike in person. And, Likewise. um, hopefully, tr- hopefully ride it and give it, <laughs> give it a shot. Yeah. So I think that's pretty much all the thoughts I had on it. Yeah. No, it was, um, same here. So 
Yeah. Cool. Um, I, I guess like my the last thing I'd like to bring up is um, a little shout out. Little shout out. Uh, Don reached out to us. Uh, he has returned to writing after thirty years. He's up in the northwest, I believe. He says. Yeah. Yeah. Up in Washington, um, rocking an '87 Honda Goldwing. It's <laughs> a pretty. It's a pretty sweet bike, there, Don. Yeah. So. Um. And I I read your email and. There was you right up with it to Vancouver and up to BC with your buddies and stuff like that, which makes Lucky. me super jealous because that's the area that I hopefully uh, hope to live in uh, in the future one day. And um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's one yeah. of my goals to go up there and ride. So uh, through Washington, through uh, BC and Vancouver and stuff. So that's that's pretty awesome. Thank you for reaching us, uh, reaching out, and thank you for listening. Yeah, welcome back to writing. Yeah, yeah, welcome awesome. back. So, <laughs> um, but anyways, like uh, you guys, uh, if you have any comments and want to chat with us, feel free to shoot us an email, and uh, we're always we're always super excited to hear from you. It's one of my favorite yeah, parts. I love it. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, anyways, thank you so much for listening. This was a uh, this is a lot of information in this episode, but I was very excited about this. He was very this excited. Bike. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even though I'm not a BMW rider. Uh, I do respect I do respect what they put out on their bikes and stuff. So, um, so yeah, this was the time. Yeah, I was very excited to talk about this. But anyways, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we're back. We're back. <laughs> Have a good one. <laughs>